0: This morning I'm here with our general manager and we're talking about some Jewish holidays some days that we don't just want to remember but we actually want to celebrate and you have a bunch of them that you're teaching us about because around this time of year especially like getting close to fall that's when a lot of them happen and you know we'll be talking about this for several weeks and today I am gonna focus in not as much on a holiday itself but on the bigger thing, which is what the holidays are about. And we're going to really hyper... Now, we've never done this before, so... And the reason, is I'm going to tell you, is it it was one of those unusual journeys, right? You know, I love the Lord's Prayer. It is just my absolute favorite because I use it as a framework for every prayer I pray has Mm -hmm. something to do with the Lord's Prayer. But I have always wondered what the prayer was like when Jesus taught it to the disciples in the Mm. Hebrew language. I've just always wondered that. And the earliest versions we have of almost every New Testament book is Greek. But many books were originally written in Hebrew. And we have quite a few fragments of New Testament books written in Hebrew. And this wonderful copy of the entire book of Matthew in Hebrew. Of course, I didn't know that earlier in this year. And I was just really longing for that. So it was one of those really odd moments. And, you know, I I don't do a whole lot of social media. Facebook's about as much as I do a little (laughs) bit. But it's one of those moments where, you know, we'll be, say, upstairs talking about, Maybe a tool I want to buy, and and I go on Facebook, and suddenly there's ads for it. It's just like, wait, why are you spying on me? I'm just sitting here having a conversation, and it is kind of creepy. And then one day, I had search and search and search because I said, how can I find the Lord's Prayer in Hebrew? And I just couldn't find anything. And I had done this for months and months. And one day I happened to be talking about it. And the next thing, you know, I got on Facebook and there it was. Ads <laughs> all about that. And it opened up. And I thought, what an amazing, good spy you are, Facebook. So I, I, I decided to forgive them for spying on me. <laughs> so, and what it was was uh, it was a. A uh, little pop of was talking about a guy named Nehemia Gordon, who's from Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Very uh, respected guy. Helped translate the Dead Sea Scrolls. He's Jewish, not a Christian, but just Jewish. But back in. The, and he did a lot of research and one of his niches is uh, this pursuit of the name of God as well as the Lord's Prayer he actually studies the Hebrew the New Testament from a purpose of being Jewish so where most people just Jewish folks would just read the Old Testament the Tanakh so one of the things that I discovered in that little journey from him was back in the 1300s a Jewish scribe named Shem Tov wrote a book to try to discredit Christianity and especially to try to discredit Jesus as the long awaited Jewish Messiah. Mm. So he wrote an extensive verse by verse argument of the entire Gospel of Matthew, expressing his anti Christian perspective. Now, Little did he know at the time, but he gave us one of the most wonderful treasures we could have ever asked for in his anger to try to discredit Christianity and make his arguments. He copied the entire Gospel of Matthew in its original Hebrew tongue from a manuscript that was still available in his day. Now, we knew it existed because... Uh, Josephus talked about it in around uh, 300 when he was in Caesarea. Said so they have this uh, Matthew's original, which is uh, in the original Hebrew tongue, and you follow it through the years, and you can. But then it just kind of disappears, and so pops up here in, in the 1300s. So what's neat is it's not a copy from the later Greek, but one that has come before the Greek, and which is what I was looking for. And like in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, the Hebrew name of God was written throughout Matthew. Mm-hmm. Which was another great gift because the Greek uses the word Lord for both the Father and the Son. So you never know who they're talking about. And even regular human lords or masters, it just doesn't specify who it's talking about, which is one of the reasons I don't really love Greek. But since he was a rabbi, he treats the name of God with great respect. So he handed down this most wonderful treasure in his attempt to discredit Christianity. There's just no end to the humor of that for me. But it's just one of 28 manuscripts or parts of the book of Matthew written in Hebrew. So, to make this discovery of Hebrew Matthew even more exciting for me, if you know much about the book of Matthew, my search for the Lord's Prayer in Hebrew was over. It's in chapter 6 of Matthew. So, I was able to finally study this amazing prayer in its original Hebrew tongue, and I spent months just focused on this prayer in Hebrew, which made my heart absolutely sore, but also led me to another discovery, reality that left me sad and kind of angry beyond words, and... In the Lord's Prayer, the name of the Father is kind of the focal point, right? We say and pray, our Father in heaven, Mm -hmm. hallowed be your name, right? But what is the Father's name that we're hallowing? And it just started to be on that little journey. So let me ask you to think about two rather serious questions. What if a Bible, a brand new Bible came out that replaced the name of Jesus? 1,043 times it would edit out Jesus and replace it with his title, lord Mm. would you want that bible would you go out like the passion go buy that bible right no Mm, probably not no we need jesus exactly what if a new bible came out that replaced the name of the father six thousand eight hundred twenty eight times just in the old testament it would edit out his name and replace it with the title lord Mm. in capital letters is that a deal breaker in terms of owning that bible i think so well, hopefully all of you said yes. I think so, too. We call him God and Father. Do we need his actual name? I mean, uh, I mean, you call me Father. Dad. You call me Dad. You probably call me <laughs> Ray. I don't, I don't know if you call me Ray, but probably sometimes. <laughs> General matters. There's lots of things you call me, but it's nice to have a name, right? Well... The reason we need a name is because he told us his name mm-hmm. and told us to proclaim it, declare it, mention it, etc. Okay, so good news, bad news. Good news, there's no plans to take out the name of Jesus. They're not coming out with that Bible. The bad news is it's likely that every Bible, every single Bible you own, the Father's name has already been replaced with mm. Lord. And that is just a sad revelation. You may say, that's impossible. Well, that's exactly what I thought. In Hebrew, man, but see, I got back and was studying all these manuscripts, and I've been learning Hebrew, and see, there's no denying when you go back and look through manuscripts, and then look the translations, you go, wait a minute. In Hebrew manuscripts, the name of God the Father is present 6,828 times. The same Old Testament that we read out of, it's, it's from the same manuscripts that we re- with our Bible is taken from. So... 6,828 times. Say that number for me. 6,828. 6,828. That's a lot. That's a big number. Mm -hmm. That's how many times his name should be in the Bible. That's an average of seven times per page. It's rather impossible to miss, especially because it has a certain look in the Hebrew well, in Hebrew, the name of God is the letters yod hey, vav hey. You read right to left, all right? Mm-hmm. And when we transliterate those letters, now, you may think translation happens when we do words. Words that can be like banyo, bathroom, things like that, right? But when you do names, you have to transliterate it. You take it letter by letter by letter into the new language. When we bring those letters into English, it looks like the capital letters YHVH, and some people use YHWH, even though that's not correct. It's called the Tetragrammaton, which means the four letters. But in almost all of our English Bibles, English language, you won't see the Hebrew letters or the Tetragrammaton. All or almost all of the 6,828 times God's name appears, they replace it with the title, THE LORD, in capital letters. All capital letters. Now, if you want to test it, go look in the introduction or preface to your Bible. It'll say something like this. Anytime you see LORD, in all capital letters, it's replacing the Tetragrammaton, YHVH. Now, if you're not nerdy enough to read your preface or your introduction, take a minute and do that. Or just flip through your Bible and uh, see if you can find it. Hmm. And you won't find it. There are just a very few exceptions. The King James and a few others translate those Hebrew letters as Jehovah four times, four. You yeah, get Four out of 6,828 times mm-hmm. that God put his name in the Bible, they put God's name in four times. And as Lord, the rest of the nearly 7,000 times is supposed to be there. Now, unless you read a very old translation, the odds are huge that his name isn't even in the Bible you read and love If you read the Bible online, go to Bible Gateway or Bible Hub, one of those. You can look for yourself and compare every translation, old and new, to find God's name, and you'll have to go way back. God's name in Hebrew is Yehovah. The closest you'll get in English language Bibles is Jehovah and Yahweh. And if you go back over a century, you'll find his name, those two names, in just a few versions. Jehovah is in there all the times it should be in the American Standard Version from 1901. They intentionally wrote that version and put his, uh, cleaned up the King James and put in the name of Jehovah. It was revised in 1952. You know what they did? Mm. They removed Jehovah. And then Jehovah appears all the times it's supposed to in the Young's literal translation, 1862. Jehovah appears all the times it's supposed to be in the Darby Bible translation from 1890. Now, if you notice, those are all very, very old, 1890, 1862, 1901. And, of course, as I mentioned, Jehovah is in four times in the King James. It's zero times in the New King James and zero in the NIV. Yahweh appears, all the times for God's name, in a Bible called the Names of God Bible. And if you read the complete Jewish Bible, which typically Jewish folks would read, it has Yud vav just four times. So you actually have to literally go and read in the Hebrew, the pictographs, if you want to see the name of God, mm. whether you're Jewish or Gentile, whatever. Also, now, there are, in the recent years, a few independent publishers have created Bibles specifically res- to restore his name and the Word. I've seen several on Amazon. They're basically King James with uh, either Jehovah or Jehovah put there. So, here's the bottom line. One important note. The Bible is inerrant. It means it's perfect. God breathes entirely the truth. But unless you can read Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, that truth is unavailable to you. The Hebrew Torah is the most copied book in the world, and the Torah has never added or subtracted any of its 304,805 Hebrew letters, Mm -hmm. which have been in the exact same order for over 3,300 years. But it's changed greatly when it's translated. See, we need translators and publishers to make the truth available, and while we owe these translators and publishers a huge debt... We also have to be aware that they have biases and traditions that impact how they do their jobs. And it's our responsibility to seek out the truth so we can know the truth so that that truth can set us free. And it's just changed the way I've had to study the Word of God using a lot of parallel additions so that um, I'm getting the fullness of the Word back out. Now, I hope this matters to you. But, of course, in order for it to do that, you have to be a consistent person who studies the Word of God. I hope that's you. Coming up. We're going to discover this name that they pulled out.